you often hear parents say that I only have 18 short years to pour into my kids. Well, my encouragement to you is this. We don't know and we are not guaranteed even 18 years. And so don't waste today. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this afternoon. Use it. Use every moment you have with your children to make an eternal impact, to tell them about who Christ is, to worship with them and to show them what it looks like to lead a Christ-saturated life. Hey ladies, this is Christy Young with The Gritty Gospel, and I'm super excited to be with y'all again today to talk about making the best use of the time. Can I tell you, I'm going to jump right in. Uh, David in the Psalms says this, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Psalm 39, 4 and 5. You guys, David here in the Psalms is asking the Lord to help him to appreciate how short his life is. That he is as a mere breath. He's asking the Lord to know his end and the measure of his days. He said, Lord, let me know how fleeting my life is. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths. And so David wants to appreciate from the Lord how short and brief his life is. My question for you, ladies, have you ever, is this, have you ever walked through a cemetery and been astonished at the sizes of the graves in the cemetery? And I know that sounds super morbid, uh, but the reality is I have been. There are way more children's graves and infant's graves than you would ever imagine or fathom seeing in a cemetery. Somehow in the culture, we believe that we will be granted 70 years of life or 80 years of life because we are rocking and rolling today. And the reality is that that is just not the truth. But only God knows the number of our days and that even that number of days, whether it is two years or five years or 10 years or 75 years, those, that collection of days serves as a mere hand breath that we are literally a mist that appears for a time and then it quickly fades. And so to the degree that we can wrap our minds and our brains around that fact that we are here, but for a brief time, then it will cause us to live differently. When I was a kid, just growing up in my parents' house, I just presumed that I would live to be like 75 years old. And that was just my line of thinking. I didn't know any differently. And I just saw that a lot of people around me lived a pretty good long time. And so I just assumed that I would be granted the same long length of lifespan. However, as I've gotten older and I've lost friends, I've lost family members, I've lost colleagues, uh, even students in my classes, going through law school, oh, I just have come to appreciate how much the Lord is the only one who knows how many days I will live, how many days each of my children will live, how long we'll be here on this earth, and that we want to use this time wisely. Psalm 139.16 says this, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. And so the Lord knows with every one of us just how long our lives will be before we ever lived one of our days. He has known from the beginning, from before time, how long each of our lives would be. And that's true for our children. My personal petition before the Lord is just like David's here in Psalm 39. 
as he prays, asking the Lord for wisdom to know the brevity of his life, to know how fleeting his life is. He wants to be keenly aware of how short his life is so that he will live differently. He asks the Lord to help him to appreciate that whether he has one week or 10 years to live, that it's all as if it's nothing. David was a warrior, a leader, a musician, and a king, and yet he had every reason to boast in his flesh. But he understood that his life, just like every man, is a mere breath. Think about that. Like literally in the time that we breathe in once and breathe out, that's what That is how quick our lives will be here and be gone on this earth. David further asserts that we spend a lot of our time here on this earth toiling for nothing. Apart from Christ, people stay busy, really living in vain, blind to eternal things, and ignoring the brevity of their lives. Elizabeth Elliot has a great quote that says this, One reason we are so harried and hurried is that we make yesterday and tomorrow our business. When all that legitimately concerns us is today, if we really have too much to do, there are some things on the agenda which God did not put there. Let us submit the list to him and ask him to indicate which items we must delete. There is always time to do the will of God. If we are too busy to do that, we are too busy. I think that's beautiful. A beautiful quote about, especially in the culture that we live in, because we are a culture that is consumed with busyness in terms of extracurricular activities, with career, with uh, all of the things that would take appointments, commitments, all the things that take over our time. It's busyness. It's We literally spend our days consumed with busyness in light of David's petition in the Psalms, asking the Lord to show him how fleeting his life is. I want us to begin to look at our own lives in that same light, looking with a mind toward eternity and knowing that our days, that they are a mere handbreadth. What is worth doing with our days? How, how, what is worth doing with our time? What is valuable for eternity? because that will help us to see how to spend our time wisely. As a culture, we've adopted this idea that if we are young, successful, or influential, that we will live well into old age. We believe that those with young children will live long enough to watch them be advantageously settled into the world. But the reality is that none of those things, neither youth, nor success, nor potential, nor prospects, none of that is determinative for how long you will live. None of that weighs into how long your lifespan will be. And it does not grant us immunity from death. And so imagine if every one of us as believers petition the Lord to give us a real grasp of the brevity of our lives. Can you imagine if you knew how many days you had left to live? How would you use them? What would you spend your time doing? What would you deem worthy of your time? The huge blessing for us as believers is that we don't operate in the dark. God's word has told us in James 4.14, God's word illuminates the reality that our lives are like a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So we know we are armed and ready with the truth that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. So how will we spend today? Ephesians 5.15 and 16 says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Paul exhorts us to be intentional and to make the best use of the time, seizing opportunities to glorify Jesus. 
And from this verse in Ephesians, you can infer that we can live unwisely by making a poor use of our time. You know, we can squander our time on earth. We can not use it for the God's glory, for discipleship, for making disciples, for doing the things that the word of God would commend us to doing. If we literally spend our time on earth gratifying our flesh, feeding ourselves, uh, uh, responding to all of our cravings with materialism or consumerism or, or being lazy, squandering the time, doing nothing with the time, uh, playing video games all day. We can squander the time we have here on earth and God's imploring to us through Paul to look carefully at how we're walking. So sister, and I want to do the same, look carefully at how you're walking. Are you being wise with the short amount of time that you have here on earth? Are you using your days for God's glory and to disciple the next generation, to pour into people that you meet that the Lord would have you cross your path every day? Are you using, aiming to use those interactions for eternity and for eternal purposes? Because if we just look at every day as the next guaranteed day, there will be one day that we will wake up and we may not live to see the end of the day. And so my encouragement to us is to live grateful for the moment that we have currently, and then aiming to use, to be wise, to use our time here wisely, not knowing how much time we have left. The highest and best use of our time is to enjoy the Lord, to bring him glory, and to make his name known. We are freed from the bondage, really, of the pagan lie that life and motherhood is all about provision, yet we live in a culture that might try to tell us that, that motherhood, that we are somehow more valuable as mothers if we can really provide for our families, that the highest and best use of our time is to bring in more money to our homes as opposed to being invested in uh, substantial discipleship of our children. And we've got to push that back as a lie from the culture. That's not the truth from the word of God. That's not the message that scripture sends us. The Lord is very clear that discipleship is so important, that, that pouring into the next group of people and it doesn't even, I don't even mean just necessarily our children, but all of the people that the Lord would place into our paths daily. God calls us to tend to them, to shepherd them, to care for them, to pour into them, to teach them, to talk about the word of God. You never know who the Lord is placing in your path and for what reason. Matthew 6, 25 through 33 says this, and the focus of these verses is really that we would not have to be consumed with worry about what we will eat, drink, or wear. This is what Matthew 6, 25 through 33 says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Ladies, I don't know about you, but this message is incredibly convicting to me, especially the line that says this. For the pagans run after all of these things. So being concerned about what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. Those are the things that pagans chase after. And yet your heavenly father knows that you need them. But instead he tells us not to chase after those things. Don't chase after looking daily for what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. He says the father will take care of those things. But seek first his kingdom. Our job is to seek first the kingdom of the Lord, to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these other things, what we will eat, what we will drink, and what we will wear, will be provided to us from him. This message is incredibly convicting because if we're honest, all of us have chased these things at some point. All of us have chased after what we will eat or been concerned about our own provision, right? And not that we want to be, you know, Lots of the disciples, all of them had, had trades and so they worked, but yet they weren't preoccupied with their trade more than following Christ. Their trade was a means of provision to support their ministries. We have all had or do have provision as one of the main concerns in our lives. We run after food, drink, and clothing, just like the pagans do, yet our Heavenly Father knows that we need these things. And so, and we toil away each day to provide for our families as if that is the most valuable thing we can contribute to our families. And yet we are forsaking God's command to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We live, work, and breathe to provide. And so for a minute, I just want us to sit in that because I really had to wrestle with that as I was wrestling with my life's purpose and whether or not I wanted to lay down my career for a season to pour into my children. And it was hard because it's super, it's incredibly humbling to analyze yourself and your motivation and what gets you up every day and what you're really chasing. Because I discovered in my life that I really was chasing my career, success, and my salary. And that is not biblical. And I understand that there are, that people have to work to provide for their families. And I'm, and that is noble to be able to, to work, to provide is noble. However, in the culture that we live in, oftentimes, especially in two income earning households, we are no longer working just to provide. We are working now for greater comforts or for more luxuries or for more vacations or for that added benefit that the second salary can provide us or a larger home or a nicer car. It's no longer that we just need a home or that we need a vehicle or that we need to put food on the table. It's, well, now we would love this food or we would love this nicer house with more room or more space, greater square footage, or we would love this vehicle that has, you know, these added benefits. Uh, So it's no longer about meeting our needs. If we're honest, it's really about now tackling our comforts, desiring greater comforts. And that is why we pursue so heavily career and provision, which is just what the Lord tells us not to 
allow to become our driving force because he will provide for us if we simply seek first his kingdom. Spurgeon has an amazing quote. Of course he does. Spurgeon asserts that life is very short, but a great deal may be done. Our Lord Jesus Christ in three years saved the world. Some of his followers in three years have been the means of saving many and many a soul. And that is beautiful. In three years, you guys, he was focusing on Jesus's ministry. And in three years, he saved the world. He, he worked and labored and came to fulfill the mission of his father. And he saved so many people in that short time. And then so many of his followers in three years have saved many people. And so that's encouraging for us that in, in a little bit of time, a great deal of work can be done especially when we're not working out of our own power, but we're working out of God's power, asking for his spirit to be working in and through us for his glory to being people unto himself. As mothers, ladies, for us, how do we apply this, these biblical principles in our motherhood? How does this personally impact us as mothers? I really believe that we must aim to live every day intentionally understanding that the Father's will for us is to bring Him glory as we make disciples. And the goal really is to spend as much time as we can, as much time as possible, engaged in the discipleship of the next generation and of those that the Lord would place in our paths. You know, the people that He weaves into our lives and that we can feel the Lord has called us to spend time with and to shepherd, to care for, to love, to pour into those, the people that the Lord have put into our paths, into our lives, that those are the people that we need to tend to and to care for well. And then this is going to be convicting, but yet we have such eagerness in our worldly pursuits. What are we to make from our daily conversation, extensive plans, and long-term expectations? Many of us live daily without any acknowledgement that the Lord is sovereign over our days. Because if you think about it, think about how often we say, next year I'm going to do this. Or we would love to build this house and to make these plans. And not there's nothing wrong with those things. As long as we recognize and surrender to the Lord before the Lord, that He is sovereign over every one of our days. And that our plans may be unmet or unfulfilled. We may not live to even see the completion of the building of the home or to adopt the child. I may not even, I may not live to see my children stationed uh, securely into the world or to, you know, to grow into watch them all graduate from college or to begin to invest in their life's work as adults. I may or may not get to see those things. And I just think it's really wise for us to recognize that we don't know what our days hold. We don't know that we don't know when we will breathe our last. And so we've got to be intentional to use the time for his glory now with every moment, trying not to waste any of the moments that he's blessed us with. Okay, and this is incredibly challenging. Even as I wrote this or pondered this, this was incredibly challenging for me. So with respect to motherhood, the wasted life would look something like this. You get up every morning, you get your children dressed, everyone eats breakfast and heads off in their various directions. Kids go to school and parents go to work. And after school, kids have extracurricular activities. Then you all eat dinner, finish homework, watch TV, take showers and head to bed. And you do it all over again the next day. 
No Bible study, no worship, no prayer, no discipleship, no acknowledgement of the Lord in your day-to-day activities or day-to-day living. So think about it. When the Lord asks you about how you stewarded his children, what will you say? One might say, we provided for them, gave them a good education, and took them to every baseball practice. But literally, for all of eternity, if we have not invested in the things of God, then it's all for naught. It's all meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Uh, Nothing sticks for eternity. I mean, unless, and then the Lord's so good and faithful, though. He can be at work in our children. I praise God in every way, even if we drop the ball. He can redeem the time and put people into our kids' lives that can make an impact for his glory. But don't we want to be people who would make an impact on our own children and make an impact on those that the Lord would place in our lives? We don't want to lead wasted lives. We don't want to squander our time. And so that's my encouragement to you, Mama. Make it your aim not to lead a wasted life, not to squander the time the Lord has given you with your children and with those he has placed in your path. We can easily fall prey to worshiping all kinds of idols in this culture. We can, we can worship pleasure, comfort, education. The idol, we can have the idol of self. We can worship money. And we all, a lot of people wrestle with the desire to impress man. We have to be careful that we don't begin to fix our eyes on our next vacation the type of diet we feed our kids, extracurricular activities, looking good on social media, our next financial goal, the school our children attend, or retirement to relax on the beach. All of those things can be idols for us where we would so desire that thing that we would forsake the, the things that God has called us to today. If we are so focused on our next vacation that we are striving to work and to save and to go to work and work more and work more and save more and that we literally are not at all focused or aware of discipling our kids, uh, that's disobedience and it's idolatry that we're so, we have so hung vacation on an idol that as an idol that we are forsaking the things of God to pursue that thing. And then the same is true if we, I don't know, we can just idolize so many things in this culture, comfort, pleasure, education. You know, if we are so nailed to the goal of making sure that our kids can skip a grade or can read at age five, you know, and I know a lot of kids can, but anyway, so, but if we, if we are so preoccupied with any of these things, pleasure, comfort, self, education, that we would be so in pursuit of that thing that we would forsake the things of God that he calls us to today, then that's idolatry and that's sin. And we need to repent from that, And we need to always be looking to examine ourselves to see if that sin is present, if idolatry is present, because it can creep on any one of us at any time. When we lose sight of God's mission and substitute our goal for comfort, then we've created an idol out of ourselves. This leads to a wasted life. John Piper wrote this in his book, Don't Waste Your Life. He says, I will tell you what a tragedy is. I will show you how to waste your life. Consider this story from the February 1998 Reader's Digest. A couple took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. Picture them before Christ at the Day of Judgment. Look, Lord, see my shells. That is a tragedy. When our primary pursuits become rest, relaxation, and pleasure, that is a wasted life. Don't squander opportunities in the mission field the Lord has placed before you. 
And so mamas, can I tell you this? How can you redeem the time? Let's just say, let's just say we've messed it all up until this point in time. And we have dropped the ball with discipleship. We've dropped the ball. We might, we may have idols in our lives. How do we start now today to begin to redeem the time and to not lead a wasted life? My encouragement to you is to begin to think with eternity in mind. Begin to process your days and what you do with your days with eternity in mind. What are you doing that is going to make an, an eternal impact on your kids, on the people that the Lord places in your path during the day? What are you doing for yourself too? And maybe you need to begin to study the word of God daily for your own heart, for your own mind to be able to cultivate cultivate a biblical worldview so that you can pass one to your kids because you certainly can't pass anything to your children that you don't have yourself. And then parents, I want to tell you this. Uh, you often hear parents say that I only have 18 short years to pour into my kids. Well, my encouragement to you is this. We don't know and we are not guaranteed even 18 years. And so don't waste today. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this afternoon. Use it. Use every moment you have with your children to make an eternal impact, to tell them about who Christ is, to worship with them and to show them what it looks like to lead a Christ-saturated life, a life surrendered to the Lord where you lay down your life to allow Christ to live in and through you. And so that you no longer live for your own goals and dreams, aim to live for the Lord and for his kingdom and for his mission and to make disciples and to bring him glory. I would also love to leave y'all with one last quote from Elizabeth Elliot. I'm actually reading a book right now that she has written. Oh, it's so good, so rich and so sweet. And so I want to leave you with one quote from her. And she says this, rest is a weapon given to us by God. The enemy hates it because he wants us to be stressed and occupied. And can I tell you, the reason I want to share that with you is because we need to make it our aim to include enough margin in our lives to disciple our children, to have time with our children, to have margin for conversations to organically happen with our kids about Christ, to teach them what it looks like to serve and to help others and to bear the burdens of others. We can't do that if we are always so stressed and so busy that we are always running to the next thing, the next event, the next commitment or appointment, then that's not the way that God intended for us to live. Our lives are his and are to be used for him and for his glory and for the discipleship of our kids and to impact those he would place in our paths. And so make it your aim, sister, to live your life in a way where you can prioritize the things of God, knowing that the days are short and that we want to be we want to be people that would use our time wisely. So sister, let us look carefully at how we walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So sister, go out this week, examine yourself, examine your life and the way you and you spend your time. Are you making the best use of your time with eternity in mind? Love you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye.